Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Want to mention to you that guests on Oilers Now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. You can book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca. Brand new location on Calgary Trail. Don and his staff at Japanese Village. We will head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. River Cree Resort Casino again. Burton Cummings on Thursday night. And tickets available at rivercreeresort.com. Excitement. Bet on it. As we go to our headliner today. And our headliner is presented by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. All we needed for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League tough guy trifecta in this hour uh, is to have brought Joe Thoreau on the show because uh, we got uh, Columbus Blue Jackets analyst Jody Shelley and George LaRock coming up in the next hour as we head off to uh, the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and welcome back to the show Jody Shelley. How you doing Jody? I'm doing great Bob. You got George coming on huh? He's uh, tell him I said hi. Yeah. (laughs) Did he ever say hi to you? Hi, a few times in the penalty box after he beat me up a few times, but uh, very short conversations. I now I, it's funny because uh, the Quebec League won the, uh, the Memorial Cup for the fourth consecutive year last night, and George was on the first team in Granby that ended uh, about a 25 year run where the Q hadn't won the Memorial Cup championship. And if I recall in his first game in Grand, he fought. Uh, I mentioned Joe Thoreau. For some reason, I thought he fought Joe. No, were you a were you a teammate of his at one point in the Quebec League? Yeah, we called him Terrio. Uh, is that what you mean? Uh, well, no, help me out. Help, help me out on the pronunciation. So it's pronounced Terrio. Yeah, Joel Terrio. Okay. Uh, yeah, he he was my teammate in Halifax for one season, uh, yep. and he was tough. He was tough. <laughs> oh, he was tough. <laughs> and. George Lorac in Granby, uh, that rink is, it, when he's on the ice, the rink felt like it was uh, like a miniature ice surface because he was so big, so fast, and you could feel him coming. And the boards were like cement. Remember the old rinks? The yeah. boards were like rock. The glasses were like rock. And yeah. George would just, I mean, he would just run people over in that arena. Scary. I should have remembered. I should have remembered it was Terrio because there was a coach uh, in in youth sports, Paul Terrio. Uh, he he, did, he actually did the '92 University Cup for TSN as a color guy. So, okay. how's that for useless trivial information? So, uh, you got to have a little bit of pride there that the Quebec League's gone from the the you know the have. I actually think the the best sleepers often can be found in the Quebec League because I think there's some organizations that had a bit of a bias, but. Four straight years now, they've won the Memorial Cup. They must be doing something right. You know, it's always been the toughest league in the CHL. We know that. And always the best goaltenders. We know that, right? That's why it was so hard for us to score out there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're uh, <laughs> they're doing something right. There's some great organizations in the Canadian Hockey League. And, and, you know, the Quebec League's got a lot of history, too. I mean, they've got teams that have been in some, some areas for a long time. And, now they're pulling from the Maritimes, right? Which really opened things up for them and putting those teams in there. So there's some uh, there's some good talent they're finding. Plus, they're getting American players and European players. Uh, 
you know, so it's really boosted the talent level that's come out of there. And, you know, when you're a young player, like you look at Halifax, where I played, there's been some amazing players that have impact in the National Hockey League who have come through there. And I think it's like London of the Ontario Hockey League. If you're a player that can go to those cities with everything they have to offer, uh, it's pretty appealing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. WHL won 16 out of 26 championships from 83 to 08, and they've only won one since, and that was the Oil Kings in 14. But, Jody, I mean, Seattle had, you know, six guys off Canada's World Junior team. And they got right. – Patty Waugh did a good job, 5 nothing shut up. All right, let's switch focus uh, to the Columbus Blue Jackets, the team that you cover on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you do do some work, obviously, for TNT, and you're on the NHL Network as well. Uh, just uh, the, the Mike Babcock rumors are out there. I remember you know, Mike at uh, the University of Lethbridge winning a national championship there. That would like, that'd be like uh, you know, Vanderbilt winning an NCAA football title. Like It just doesn't happen. you got no chance to win there. He's a hell of a coach. Coach, uh, do you think uh, you know? Do you have any reason to to believe it's not going to be the case, or do you think we're looking at Babs as the next head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets? You know, everything I've read, everything I hear, it, it seems like that's the way they're going to go. And, and you know, there's been a lot of talk. We, we just had um, the Memorial Golf Tournament here in Columbus, and you know, it's a big Jack Nicklaus event right in the middle of Dublin. And, you know, you go up there and walk around and every person you're you're talking to is asking that question, who's going to be the head coach? Who's going to be the head coach? And that was Thursday and Friday when I was up there. So everyone's very keen on, and wondering, and his name was obviously at the top. Uh, I think Travis Green was in the mix there too. There's some great coaches out there, but no one really knew. And then this rumor came out and it seems like it's just created a buzz in the market. You're getting a lot of different reactions. Uh, a lot of fans are excited because of what you just said. This guy's a winner. Uh, you know, then there's some criticism about, you know, his past with some players and how they've spoken out. Uh, so that's obviously something that, you know, you hear those, those those conversations throughout on social media and with some people. And I've also heard from some teammates that think, you know, there are some guys that I've played with who played for him. And, and you know, they're curious as to why that would be the hire. But I think it's the pedigree of what he does. He's a very structured coach. Uh, I think some superstars don't like structure too much. Uh, but, but, you know, I think that his history and his getting his players to perform a certain way is exactly what they need in Columbus. And if he is the guy, which I, it sounds like he can't be until after his contract expires in Toronto with the Maple Leafs on June 30th. If he is the guy, um, you know, he brings that um, that face that, you know, John Tortorella was the face of the franchise for a while. He did great things. Uh, Babcock will be a guy that everyone will watch from from afar, and I think it's a respect factor with those superstars like Line A, Goodrow, uh, that, that need to snap some things back to place here for this organization. Uh, there are... A, a, a plethora of good young players in Columbus. The team was injury riddled mm-hmm. last year. I'm going to throw the million dollar question at you. Would Columbus trade out of the number three overall spot? Normally teams don't. They, but could you would see... Would they trade it? Would they trade that pick to get some immediate help? Because they do have a little bit of cap space. No, I don't think they would. I think that they put themselves in a situation in a good draft. Yarmo's a former scout. He really covets his draft picks. Uh, they have a later first round pick that's in play. Uh, that that's the one that they'll definitely look at moving. Uh, the CLA no, pick they're, they're that they got gonna... for Corpusalo. Yeah, exactly. Corpusalo and Gavrikov. So that one's in play. Uh, I wouldn't. The third overall pick it would have to be something uh, Connor McDavid-ish to come that way. Yeah. What do you think? 
<laughs> well, Leo Carlson is not Connor McDavid. No, definitely not. Connor Bernard's Marcel. That's who he is. He's Marcel Dion. When you see him play, you know, undersized, stockier, right shot, elite finisher, can pass the puck. That's that's who Connor Bernard reminded me of was Marcel Dion, who was a vastly underrated player in NHL history. I mean, he had, you know, I think he had ten forty plus goal seasons. Like he had a great career. Uh, they've got, again, they got a lot of young guys. Uh, you mentioned Corpusalo. Is there any chance he ends up back in Columbus? I don't think so, personally. I don't because the way that it went for him here, um, you know, he came in, wanted to be the number one. They brought in Elvis, signed him long term first, then Corpusallo got the the backup deal. He got injured. Uh, it just wasn't it wasn't great for him here. Now I say that, and as I talk, I think you know they did give him a chance last year in re-signing him after being injured. Give him that one year contract. Ends up in L.A. Uh, maybe that is something uh, worth, you know, that's something to him that he respects. Maybe he would be, but I think he's going to find, you know, and free agency is a pretty, it's just, uh, it's flattering and overwhelming all in one when you have teams that are that are making offers to you. And I think he'll get priced out of this market with what they have right now. You know, he's a great goalie. He's found his health. He did a good job in the playoffs. He just ran out of steam. You know, he's one of those players that go overwhelmed at the end of it. But, no, I think he lands somewhere else, Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens here with the Blue Jackets. I mean, because to me, if they're hiring Babcock, you know, this guy, you know, they're looking to take a, a step forward, obviously, under Mike. And I think he's capable of doing it only because, again, I saw him win in a place where no one, they don't even have a program anymore at the University of Lethbridge. I mean, you played at Del. Oh. frankly, it'd be like Dalhousie winning. Like Dalhousie never, yeah. they never are a top two or three team out of the AUS, right? And, right. Um, you know, the reality is Babcock won at Lethbridge, and Mike Mann, who I worked for at the U of A about 20 years ago, is now the president of the U of L, and they cut their hockey program. So he wanted a huh. place where they eventually uh, ended up cutting the pro after they hosted the national championship uh, back in 2019. So. So here's the deal. It looks like it's going to be Babs. You say they're going to hold on to their, their third uh, overall pick. Are they going to be quiet players in the market and free agency? Can you see them spending a little bit more money? Because they do have some cap space. I think they do. You know, I really think that you know, this is an organization now that, you know, you you talk about draft picks for a few years, and then you, you, you have all these young players that are in your system, but there's only – if you look at the Blue Jackets, there's only three spots available in the top six when you look at prospects coming in. And when you have high-end talent, these guys need to play on top position minutes, top power play units, you know, so they'll be in the minors and, and growing. But this organization, after signing Johnny Goodrell last year, was a buzz in the market, which made it expedited their expectations and where they needed to be. Uh, with some of the names out there, you know, some veteran guys that might fit what they're trying to do here. Do we see Gus Nyquist come back here? He was a player that got traded at the deadline. He's a UFA. He's exactly what they like and what they need. He understands the system. They're, they're not afraid to spend money. Uh, it, it's not something that they're, they're worried about doing. They just want the right fit. You know, th- there's players here that when you look at the high-end talent, some pieces might need to be move, moved out too, Bob. There's some pieces here that uh, have gotten a little stale. And, and with last season, I think that they really saw what they had in, in some of these guys and their character, and they're not happy. So 
There'll be big changes, I think, in the offseason for this team, and, and spending won't be an issue. Really? Uh, the one thing they do have is they've got some decent young prospect defensemen. They took Corson Coleman's, who played for uh, mm-hmm. Brooks, and they ended up uh, getting him signed after two years at Wisconsin. He was a late first-round pick in 21. And then last year, they invested two picks in the top 12 on defense uh, in Juracek and then uh, Matejchuk. So, uh, and I don't know, do you have, is, is, is Juracek the guy that's maybe the best bet to be on the team at the start of the season? I think so, because he played in the American Hockey League last year. He got a sniff in the National Hockey League, uh, but that's all they gave him. And interesting, right, because there were so many injuries, especially on defense. But we only saw him briefly at the end of the year, briefly at the beginning of the year. Other than that, they let him play down there, top power play, biggest minutes, all situations, exactly what he needed to do. He's got the size. Uh, He knows he needs to get stronger. But I think he's got the best shot coming into camp to be. And they got a lot of right-handed shot defensemen, so it's going to be interesting to see where they can fit him in here uh, with this group. All right. We saw you during the trails of the playoffs. The Oilers uh, uh, vanquished by the Vegas Golden Knights. It was 2-2 after, uh, you know, the first two games. Edmonton outshot Vegas 75-53 to in the final two games of the series. And, unfortunately, Stuart Skinner got pulled both games. The Oilers uh, had some tough uh, situations, 5 5 Are you surprised? Uh, are you probably not surprised Vegas has gone on to the final. What about Florida? Did you see that one coming? I didn't see that coming, but I got to cover them in the first round with Boston. And, you know, that's not an eight-seed team. That, 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 that's not a team that they just timed it. All year they were disappointing. Uh, the big trade happened, and then they caught lightning in a bottle. When you think about what they did, they had to get – they obviously had to get Chicago to beat Pittsburgh to get in the playoffs. Right. They get in, and then they're down 3-1 in that series. And, and it's just one of those stories that – They came together at the right time. They're very well coached. Uh, When you have that hot goaltender, you can't bet against them. I know they're down one in this series right now, uh, but I think that this is going to be a seven-game series. I didn't see it coming to answer your question. Of course, no one can say they did, but when you watch them and see how they play, you have to stand back and say, boy, they're they're an impressive team. Both of these teams are. When you look at Vegas, Bob, they, they... they play that complete game that every organization tries to get to, and, and that's why they're so hard to play against. And that's what Florida does too. Plus, add Bobrovsky, who's been—I mean, he's you, been. You, you've okay, seen this before game. with him, right? You've seen this where he just stones. Yes. You saw him stone Tampa. Yeah, I was with Bob his first three years in the National Hockey League in Philly, and, and to watch him up close, work hard. I mean, there was times when we, we were waiting after games, and we said, Bob. We're going to put the bike on top of the bus because we have to go to the airport. You can just get up there and ride it while we drive to the airport because he's, he's, he's so locked into his routine. He's a very simple man when it comes to lifestyle. Uh, great to see him back at that top form, and, but it's not surprising because he's so dedicated and, and so regimented in how he plays. And um, You know, it's interesting, too, to watch him with his defenseman, right? That, that's obviously something that's big in, in his mind, too, is they do a really good job working around him and he appreciates it. You see him every single whistle smiling and chatting and patting and, and, and just saying, you know, they're working together. And that's what Bob needs. And that's what he had here with John Tortorella because John Tortorella expected players to block shots, clear the front of the net, and that's what they're doing for Sergey. We're joined by longtime Blue Jackets analyst uh, on the TV side, Dustin Marco, TNT and NHL Network, Jody Shelley, who... Now, do you still have family here, by the way? 
Oh yeah, my my brother Luke, uh, my sister Kate, and then my cousins uh, are just nieces and nephews. Sorry, my mom and dad—they're all in Sherwood Park, and my sister Krista's up in Fort Mac. How? So all in Alberta. How? How did you end up in the Quebec League? Well, I lived in I lived in almost every province in Canada, and, and when I was eighteen, I was in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, okay. uh, playing high school hockey. And I got on the draft list because I went to a select tournament one weekend. And I was, so when there was 28 rounds, I think I was in the last round or whatever. I'm exaggerating, of course. There's never 28 rounds. But they uh, had 90 guys coming to camp. And they said, who's this kid in Yarmouth that's uh, – this is the inaugural camp. Who's this kid in Yarmouth that's on the draft list? And they said, well, invite him. So they called me to invite me, and I actually hung the phone up. I said, yeah, I don't know. I'll ask my parents. And I told my dad, I said, this team, Halifax, Moosehead, wants me to go. And I'm in a small lobster fishing community in Yarmouth. And my dad's like, well, maybe you should go. I'm like, all right, I'll go. So I went. And uh, three days in, I wanted to come home because I was homesick. And everyone was speaking French. And we were in Camelton, New Brunswick. And my dad gave me a great piece of advice. He said, do yourself a favor. Don't cut yourself. Just, Just wait it out until they cut you. And I made the team and had three great years in Halifax, changed my life, and that's where I started fighting. I'd never had a fight before that, and I, I found a way to... Ah. I got into a fight with Moose DuPont, and then uh, figured out that that was my only way to whoa, make... Whoa, 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 whoa. Was Moose coaching the team? Junior, not... No, Moose is son. Oh, I'm going to say, like, you're not exactly <laughs> a Flyers of a, legend. Yes, you're not... He was, he was always looking... Trying he, out for the Moose heads. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. I, I mean, I, I've mentioned this to you before. I I grew up in Todd Ewan, uh, God rest his soul, was uh, in St. Albert, and they had Manny Viveros, and they used to just pump us every game, like eight two nine one, and you know. But Todd Ewan was the best player. <laughs> it was, yeah. You know, and then he goes to the Western League, and he's a fighter. Like he was, he was amongst the best. Like Viveros was really good because he could skate like the wind. But he was like Bobby Orr of Western Canada. He was better than Brian Benning. Brian Benning played 600 games in the league. It was just funny. So it's an amazing situation. I just, I just howl at it. I look forward, Jody, to seeing you down the road. Thank you for providing us with some insight uh, into uh, the Babcock situation. All I'm going to say. People can say what they want about people getting opportunities in life. I would not bet against Mike Babcock being successful at any time. I think he's a pretty capable no. guy. So that's. I agree with you. We'll all right. See how it goes. All right. Thanks, uh, for, thanks for having me on, Bob. Hey, thank you, Jody. Take care. You bet. Appreciate see you. it. Hey, you bet. That's Jody Shelley, longtime uh, Blue Jackets uh, broadcaster. It's 124 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. Weather's Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, 250-plus years of experience. It's this simple. They get you the best results. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. This text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 126 in Edmonton. Bob, some people don't get it. Just because you watch the games or listen to your show, it doesn't make you a knowledgeable fan. The Stanley Cup is not easy to win. There's no guarantee the Oilers will win while Connor is here. That doesn't make the team bad. There are some very good teams trying to do the same thing, and I think our side of the draw will be even harder next season. I got news for you. The texter didn't leave his name. I totally agree. Colorado's going to be better next year, man. That's all there is to it, which makes it even more frustrating this year. Vegas, the one team that finished ahead of uh, 
the one team that finished ahead of Edmonton during the course of the regular season, but I expect uh, Colorado to be right back at it, and they'll make a move as well. The Cold Laker now in the jaw says on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, if you'd seen the Campbellton Tigers play intermediate AAA back in the 1970s, you'd mention them more than tree planting. Seriously, they were very good and very ahem truculent great league <laughs> for the times in small town new brunswick there you go yeah so jody shelley coming on the show he's always an entertaining guest to say the least hey there's nothing wrong with hard competitive hockey okay there's nothing wrong with that in fact i might assert to you that the whl success at the memorial cup has coincided with far fewer of the hard hockey being played. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, and when we come back, George LaRocque.